1: It's a crossover Thursday, everybody. Matt Derry with you. Final day of September on this Thursday, September 30th, into Friday, October 1st. It's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? You will hear from my good friend Lauren Cox, the host of the Locked On Bears podcast, coming up momentarily for our Thursday crossover as we talk about this matchup Sunday in a game. And you've seen it on the videos on my Twitter at Derry Speaks or at Locked On Lions or even on the Matt Derry Facebook fan page It's a game I believe the Detroit Lions are going to win. I truly believe that. I think this can happen Sunday in Chicago against the Bears. We thank you for making Locked on Lions your first listen every day. And remember, this podcast, Locked on Lions, is free and available on all platforms. Again, at uh, Derry Speaks, at Locked on Lions on Twitter. The Matt Derry Facebook fan page coming up on the show today. Calvin Johnson was on Good Morning Football I'm not going to dive deep into this Calvin stuff much longer, but he did say something that I think resonates with some fans, and it kind of tells a story of where the Lions are and have been. Also, Aaron Glenn spoke today and was asked about the 4th and 19, and if he would have done anything differently. And his answer is a little weak, to be quite honest. Um, and again, then we'll have Lauren on into do the Locked On crossover for a Thursday, which we do each and every week on the show. All right, um, let's start with uh, the Calvin comments first of all. He he was on Good Morning Football today on the NFL Network. Apparently, the NFL Network like show on Calvin. I forgot what they call those things. Uh, is is debuting, so he's doing another media tour. Calvin is is uh, big on the media tour, and he's big on taking little jabs at the Lions. Um, And today he was asked about Matthew Stafford. Take a listen to this. This is from NFL Network. Good morning, football, earlier this morning. You know, you played with Matthew Stafford in Detroit for seven of your nine seasons. He's played three games for the Rams, and there's a strong argument that this guy's already the MVP after three weeks. What are your thoughts on his performances so far, and how far do you think he can take this team? Obviously, you played with him and have a lot of good memories.
0: Matthew has an arm, really almost unlike anybody else in the NFL. You know, he put that ball; he could reach anybody anywhere on the field. So it's great to see him in a place like this. I swear, that first game I watched, I, I swear I sat there. There a moment where I saw Matthew; the camera cut to Matthew, and it was like I feel like there was a sense of him being like, "Wow, I can't believe it's this is easy." Like, if we were in Detroit, something would happen by now. But <laughs> All right, All right, All
1: right. At that audio courtesy of the NFL Network. If he would have been in Detroit, something would have happened by now. It's almost like, you know, the people that say the Lions are jinxed and the Lions are hexed, and then people say, oh, no, 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 that's not true, or, oh, that's just an old wives' tale, or, come on, you know, that's not not the way things are. But if players, and even former players, you know, are thinking – Something will keep them from ultimate success in Detroit. That just makes Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, Aaron Glenn, the staff, Brad Holmes. It just makes their job so difficult. Here's Calvin Johnson years later saying, "Man, I'm watching Stafford playing for the Rams, and you know he's just so happy, so easy. For, you know, he, he, it looks so easy to him. And yeah, if he was in Detroit, something would have happened. It's almost like it just kind of shows how deep." the losing has been here and just how it's going to take so much to overcome what has happened. I think the lions are what they think they're six and 20 in their last 26 home games. I mean, it's just, <laughs> and Jim Caldwell was 10 and six at home as passed his last two years. And they got rid of that. So, you know, I don't want to turn this into a negative Nancy show today, but it's just, man, even when you got guys like Calvin going something would have happened it just goes to show how difficult a job this is going to be for Brad and Dan to get this thing turned around and they're going to get some time Dan Campbell's a 6-year contract for a reason all right number 2 Aaron Glenn of the Lions their defensive coordinator young guy has done a nice job so far and did a very good job I thought on Sunday in bottling up Lamar Jackson, whether it was Lamar Jackson's back, not being hundred percent, whatever it was, the lions did a pretty good job defensively and held the Ravens to 19 points. But when asked today on the Thursday media sessions, when the coordinators are interviewed, if he would, you know, change anything from the fourth and 19 call that saw Jackson hit Sammy Watkins to set up the game winning fuel goal. Um, Glenn had this to say, quote, honestly, I wouldn't take that call back for the simple fact that you look at the odds of actually converting the fourth and 19, especially when you go across the league and look at what a lot of teams play. I know that anytime you make a call, it's always, there's always going to be criticism. I'm willing to take any criticism that there is. I do trust myself. I trust our staff and I trust our plan. The decision to make that call again to rush three, I would not take it back. Not one bit. He made a hell of a throw. We got to continue to execute. We'll do that as a team. There's nothing in me, in my soul, that said I would call something different. End quote. See, I, I don't agree with. that. I think that's lame. What do you mean? There's nothing in your soul? These coaches spend so much time on scheme. They 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 they, they eat, drink, sleep, breathe football. To come out publicly and say, you know what? I've gone back and forth on it, man. I don't know. I'd love to have it back again. Yeah, maybe I would rush for. Would that be so bad? But it's unlike. It's almost like these coaches are so set in their ways that they just refuse, refuse to ever say, "Yeah, you know what? I've thought about it. I don't know. I'll, I'll, you know, I I trust my plan. We'll see." Instead, he's like, "There's nothing in me, nothing in my in my soul that I would call something different." Come on. You You rushed four of the first three downs, and you got them negative nine yards. Nothing in my soul. I'm sticking to my call, which, by the way, didn't work. I like Aaron Glenn, but this is, come on. Nothing in your soul. I wouldn't take it back no matter what. I'm going to stick to my call. The odds? <laughs> What about the odds that somebody would make a 66-yard field goal? But it happened. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for making Lockdown On Lions your first listen every day. We're going to do the crossover with Lauren Cox coming up next. When we're done, make sure you make the your second listen today. Peacock and Williamson, the NFL show, where real NFL fans get their information. And, by the way, we got our good friends at get Upside. Matt Derry here to tell you about an incredible app everybody buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. So download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a, ga- a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN.
0: Welcome into this crossover Thursday. Locked on Bears. Locked on Lions. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, alongside Matt Deary from Locked On Lions. Getting ready for a big divisional matchup. Matt Nagy for the Bears keeps calling it big divisional game this weekend. They're much more focused on that than the quarterback question, than the play calling question, than the job security questions, all that. No, no, no. We're focused on game planning for the Detroit Lions in Chicago. So that's what we're going to do here on the podcast today, and kind of get into some things. All of a sudden, it feels like an important matchup between a 1-2 and two and an 0-3 oh team. But, man, I'm curious with, with your Lions. They, they came so close last week to beating the Baltimore Ravens, kind of. I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it was kind of a big surprise that they were all lined up yeah. until the very end there. Uh, what, what happened? I mean, we all know how it ended, but how did things go so well? How did the Lions get so close to beating what's considered one of the contenders in the AFC?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Lauren. I, I think it's a bit of a surprise, to be honest, that uh, the Lions were right there. And, and the Ravens, a, a eight and a half, nine point favorite, needed a 66 yard miracle field goal to beat the Lions. But as you know, and we've talked many times, that's Lions football. That's classic Lions. Only the Lions can give up two of the three longest field goals in the history of the game. The first one being with a half footed kicker uh, in natural conditions in New Orleans in 1970 outdoors. And then. After a 4th and 19 at their own 18, the Ravens somehow get that. Somehow the referees miss a delay of game, which would have made it a 71-yard field goal. And then Tucker doinks it off the uh, crossbar and through. I mean, Lauren, if that's not classic Lions and same old Lions, I don't know what is. But what a disappointment because they actually played a very good football game most of the second half last Sunday. The defense has stepped up. Last year, remember, they were the worst defense in the league. Now they're middle of the pack, so there's been improvements there. And who would have thunk that they would have kept Lamar Jackson pretty much in check last week? But, of course, it didn't uh, end up being the right score at the end, and they're 0-3.
0: Yeah, where have you seen the Lions' improvements the most defensively?
1: I think the scheme is better. I really like what Aaron Glenn did last week against Jackson. Look, over the last few years, Matt Patricia's defense never changed. The scheme was the scheme, bend but don't break. Uh, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to play big guys, so big, big D tackles, big D ends, big linebackers. You know, they had these oversized linebackers like Christian Jones, the former Bear, or Jelani Tavai. Those guys sucked. Okay, let's <laughs> be honest. Uh, size, whatever. The Lions seem to be putting their players in the right position. Um, Sands the fourth and nineteen play where they screwed up, but you know Lamar Jackson didn't go crazy last week. Now Hollywood Brown dropped a couple of touchdowns. The Lions got a few breaks, but for the most part, they kept them in front uh, of them and and made some plays. And so I just think the scheme of what Aaron Glenn has done has 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 shown up. Uh, the pass rush still isn't good enough, although it was good last week. But through three games, it still could be better. And um, I think their linebacker play now is going to be more solidified. Now that uh, Jamie Collins is gone.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the pass rush. Cause I think that's where a lot of bears fans are, are concerned more so about their own offensive line than necessarily the opponent each week. But, you know, you know, they've got Aquara and, and Trey flowers, I think has been hurt, but how have you sort of seen where's your conference level in that pass rush? I mean, we haven't really seen it in sacks necessarily, but are they, are they at least still getting some kind of pressure off the edge?
1: First two weeks? No, last week I was stunned at how well they did in, in bothering Lamar Jackson. It was, uh, it was refreshing. This isn't Blitzburg. This isn't uh, Don <laughs> Wink Martindale from the Ravens send the house type blitzes. But I think we're seeing, at least we saw this past week, that there were some young guys that that played pretty well. Uh, you mentioned Romeo O'Quara, Julian O'Quara, his brother, Charles Harris. Uh, there were some guys that got to, to Lamar Jackson. So it was, it was stunning. Um, this week, you know, if, if Fields plays, I, I watched that game last week against the Browns. Justin Fields, while he didn't get a lot of help, and I know that, that the city of Chicago is ready to 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 light up Matt Nagy, but Fields holds the ball a long time. Fields sometimes ran himself into some of those sacks. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. the Lions are going to try to go similar with what they did last week with Jackson because of the way Fields can move and uh, kind of contain him a little bit. I wouldn't say the pass rush is, is the early 80s Jets with Mark Gastineau and the sack exchange, but it looks like from a schematic standpoint – there have been some improvements, and we'll see if Flowers comes back. He didn't play last week, but he hasn't exactly been great either.
0: Let me flip it over to the other side with with golf. I know in the in the preseason when we did our NFC North division preview, you had talked about the the Lions' wide receivers might be the worst position group in in football or <laughs> in, in any sport at the time. How much
1: I, d- I, d- I did say that? You have a good memory.
0: Yeah. How how much? How much has that held the offense back in terms of trying to get Goff going? I mean, the tight ends have been effective, it seems like, running game and, and passing to the running back has been something there. But how, how have that how has that wide receiver dynamic played out?
1: You know what? It's actually, I don't know. I don't want to say it's been better than I thought. But last week, uh, I thought Khalif Raymond had a really good game. Really good game. So there's that. Uh, but he's more of a slot guy. There's not going to be an outside Big target like Calvin Johnson, like Marvin Jones uh, was the last few years, like Kenny Galladay has been, uh, those guys are all gone. Uh, but what Jared Goff has done well is he's like you said, found the tight end and TJ Hawkinson, who was bottled up last week. Ravens did a great job on him, but DeAndre Swift out of the backfield, Jamal Williams out of the backfield. Those guys are good pass catching running back Swift. And from what Dan Campbell has said this week, DeAndre Swift's going to be touching the ball a lot, whether it's, out of the shotgun and a handoff or, or out of the backfield, the receiving core is still not good. Uh, Hawkinson will not just have two catches this week. No way. They'll try to find a way to give him the ball more. He's been very good up until week three, but Swift, Jamal Williams and Hawkinson, those are going to be still be the guys that golfs can be looking for. It's a lot of check downs when it comes to this offense. There's not going to be a lot of deep throws. That's for sure.
0: It seems like from what we can tell now, Taylor Decker is still going to be on injured reserve for that offensive line, so it's still going to be what is it, Sewell and the the right tackle Matt Nelson. Is, is, that, is that sort of the, still the weakness up front of that Lions offensive line? I mean, I know Ragnall at center has been phenomenal, but where, where do you sort of figure? How do you sort of evaluate the the guards versus the tackles there?
1: Um, Panay Sewell, you know, it's funny. Panay Sewell is a twenty year old rookie playing left tackle where he played right tackle all training camp and preseason. They had to move him over when Decker got hurt. That is his natural position. And I think he's done pretty well. Pro football focus will disagree. They don't haven't graded him out all that well. Um, But I think he's held his own so far. Obviously this weekend having to face Mac and, and others won't be an easy test or easy task, but Matt Nelson really struggled the first two weeks this past Sunday. You never heard his name. So that's a good sign. and, And PFF graded him out very well. When this team runs the football to the left side, behind Sewell, Ragnow at center, and Jonah Jackson at left guard, I think that's when they're where they're at their best. Vitai at right guard's been okay; he's a much better guard than tackle. Nelson's shaky at right tackle in the past game. Played well last week, but again, the Ravens' entire D line was hurt or had COVID. So, you know, I, I still think the O line's okay. And but this running game, uh, Lauren has been much improved from what we've seen over. Gosh, how many years since Barry Sanders retired?
0: Yeah. So is that if you, when you look at this matchup? I mean, I know the Bears are are technically just a couple of point favorites at BetOnline.ag. I think we have the idea that of how a defense can slow down Justin Fields and the Bears' offense based on what we saw last week against the Browns. But for this Lions' offense to get going against this this Bears' defense, for you, is it is it the running game, or do you think they need to get a little bit more vertical in the passing game than we've seen as of late?
1: You know, I, I'd watch the Bears, um, certainly watch them against Stafford in week one. I, I watched last week's game. Um, the Bears, to me, look very unathletic defensively. I'm surprised at how slow they look. Eddie Jackson, I'm a huge Eddie Jackson fan, but through three games, I don't I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so I think getting the ball to Swift out in space, uh, wide side right, uh, runs, uh, you know, quick passes, stuff out of the backfield, getting him, you know, I hate to use this term speed in space, but – that's what i do if I'm the Lions. I think they can, they can take advantage of that. And, and, Lauren, I'll be completely honest, um, I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm picking the Detroit Lions to win this weekend.
0: Wow. I, I, honestly, I've heard a lot of Bears fans saying similar things after how things went so poorly last <laughs> week. <But laughs> I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of the, the matchups here and, and flip the table here and get to your Bears questions answered when we come back with this crossover Thursday episode today. Lockdown Bears, Lockdown Lions right after this. Today's Crossover Thursday episode brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years they got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, from the difficult stuff like fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules to the easy stuff, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. You name it, they've got it at rockauto.com. Their catalog is so deep, but it's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model, and boom, you can pull up all the different parts available for your vehicle and sort between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain part stores will have a different price tier if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, so don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, fill out their box that says, how did you hear about us? And write the words, locked on, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We mentioned it earlier, the spread in this game at betonline.ag Opened at three points for the Bears at home. As I check on the updated numbers now, it has shifted to just Bears minus two and a half. So clearly, the numbers moving a little bit more toward toward Detroit here. And if you like those numbers, BetOnline.ag is the place to get your bets in. It's the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. They've got all the updated odds, props, contests, money lines, spreads, over/under. You name it, they've got it. I think money line this one is just down to Bears minus. 143 the over under set at 42 so i think bet online expecting a lower scoring game but you know if justin fields can be going a little bit maybe if goff can get the ball out in space a little bit more maybe we could see some points holding in this one either way however you see it bet online is the place to place your bets when you do sign up make sure you enter in that promo code NFL100 to get a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit dollar for dollar at betonline.ag your online sports book experts.
1: I'm Matt Derry, locked on lions, Lauren Cox locked on bears. It is the Thursday crossover. Great to, to chat with Lauren as we do two times every single year. And where to begin, where do we begin Lauren with Chicago? What a <laughs> train wreck and what's going on there. Um, let's see Dan Orlovsky, Edo Bradovich, Dave Kaplan from ESPN 1000. I mean, the list goes on and on of media types. Openly just saying, Matt Nagy should be fired right here, right now. After what took place against Cleveland on Sunday, what, what do you think of that?
0: It it's definitely a culmination of of seasons of frustration, right? I mean, uh, in a vacuum, one really, really, really bad game against one team in week three of a season when you're still one and two, and you know a lot of lot of season left, and you're not out of the playoffs by any means or anything. It, in a vacuum that can be maybe seem a little bit reactionary, but this was this was sort of like the first real like, all right, Matt, we've got you a quarterback here with some real talents. Now prove that you're not the problem and that it was all Mitch's fault or it was all Nick Foles' fault or you know, it was all you know, the different quarterbacks that they had gone through in this system and well the results kind of spoke for themselves. They very clearly did not put Justin Fields in a strong position to be successful, did not have a game plan suited to his skill sets. They were trying to force Justin Fields into this, you know, quick passing Matt Nagy offense that just isn't, doesn't really fit Justin Fields' skill set from what we saw at Ohio State. And so, you know, it, it's, maybe it's a little bit, a little bit strong of a reaction again to one game, but it's like after four seasons of this, you are still figuring out how to, adapt your system to players you're no longer a young head coach who's just figuring this out like you're supposed to have this down and he doesn't and so I I I get where it's coming from and I think there's a a tough stretch of games here on the Bears schedule that are really going to turn up that heat if things don't turn around quickly
1: so I mean (laughs) you've heard I'm sure you've heard every conspiracy theory I know your your Twitter inbox I'm sure is going nuts because there are folks that say Matt Nagy wanted fields to fail last Sunday against the Browns. So that's why he had limited protection schemes, uh, five-man you know, schemes, no, no tight ends chipping on Garrett, no running backs helping on, on on Clowney, whatever it is. I mean, are these wild conspiracy theories or is there something to this?
0: Yeah. I don't think there's a, a, a plot to make the rookie quarterback struggle or a plot to prove that Andy Dalton is the better starter. I, I think, I don't, I don't think it—because Matt Nagy always tries to say it's not ego, and maybe ego is not exactly the right word, but it's sort of like a—I think it's more of a smartest man in the room kind of thing where Nagy thinks that the way he schemes it up there is what's going to be easiest for, I guess, then any quarterback to come in. It's like, yes, it, it, in theory, it should be easy to just do the sort of a, the quick— the quick curl, flat, check down, and string together shorter plays like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't work when, A, it's a rookie quarterback in general, but, B, it's a rookie quarterback who tends to hold on to the ball a little bit long and isn't as adept at those like quick sort of timing-type throws, a quarterback who's better extending plays and using his legs and has a really strong arm and can make some dynamic plays downfield and, and build more confidence off of that. But then also a rookie quarterback that's been practicing with the backups all summer and all of this season leading up to this week was his first time really working with the starters in full capacity. So, of course, he's not going to have pristine, accurate timing on some of those throws. And then you add on top of it the offensive line struggling and maybe Nagy not properly evaluating where his offensive line was in this game or not properly preparing for Garrett or Clowney. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of different factors that kind of swirl around it. But I, I, I just think it's Nagy thinking he knows best and really instead not knowing his players well enough which is again where you get some of the the firing after four seasons how do you are you still at a point where some of your guys you're not knowing very well
1: what what's working on offense who's look good is is there is there a shining uh, is there a bright spot here in this one and two start at all
0: prior to last week David Montgomery was running the ball really well and he still wasn't he wasn't bad against the browns they just didn't give it to him all that much, and that was another one of the criticisms, like, hello, rookie quarterback, why don't you run the ball a bit more, and they, I mean, there were some other factors, they only had, like, nine plays in the first half, they had some penalties, and sack, of course, and, and things that were going wrong on the offensive line, but Montgomery was off to the best start of his career in terms of, at least, the like the energy behind his runs, That missed tackles he was forcing he really looked a lot more like that Iowa State graphic that always pops up where it says you know feet of Saquon (laughs) Barkley and patience of Le'Veon Bell like not that he was he was reaching those levels just yet but getting closer to that kind of guy that I think the Bears really thought they were getting in the third round so he's been working well Darnell Mooney the second year wide receiver is continues to keep getting open and and he was one of Justin Field's favorite targets early on even though Robinson's numbers have not been as great this season it's been it's been Mooney who's stepped up and, and continued to look strong there so there's there's parts of it, but offensive line and of quarterback, obviously, kind of the big things that are holding everyone else back.
1: Lauren Cox locked on Bears. Matt Derry locked on Lions. Thursday crossover. What about the defense? Lauren, where is it right now in your mind?
0: The pass rush really came alive against Cleveland in a way that was surprising. You know, we, the, we know this Bears defense has talent. They've invested a lot of money in their front seven. I mean, Mack and Hicks and Quinn and Roquan Smith behind them, but the Browns' offensive line is widely considered and, and Jeffrey plays at a high level in one of the best offensive lines in football. They've got what known as one of the best offensive line coaches. And somehow Robert Quinn was turning it on in a way we haven't seen yet in his Bears career. Khalil Mack getting back into it a little bit. Akeem Hicks left with an injury and Eddie Goldman's still been out, so they haven't had as much of the interior Guys, there at f- up to be full strength, but I, I'm ex- I'm encouraged by where this Bears pass rush is growing at this stage in the season with everyone healthy. Because there are some real concerns on the back end in the secondary. Eddie Jackson is it looks like a shell of himself. I mean, just missing missing ta- I mean He's always missed tackles, but missing really big key tackles and just weirdly yeah, out of place yeah. sometimes, taking weird angles from the safety position to allow touchdowns when he really shouldn't and and never really did in the past. And then their cornerbacks, not named Jalen Johnson, have been questionable at best. They've rotated a couple guys in the slot. Jalen Johnson's been phenomenal. I mean, everything the bears wanted him to be and more. It's really been the second year guys that have played well on both sides of the ball so far, but uh, some weaknesses in the secondary, a, a lot better uh, in the pass rushes where so far this defense seems to be trending.
1: All right. So I said it before uh, in the first, end of the first break, I, I think the lions are going to win. I think the bears are in disarray. You got the stadium issue as a distraction this week. Uh, are they moving? I, I don't like the, the vibes coming out of Hallis hall. And I, I, the lions while they're 0 three and not very good. I mean, they're going to win four games, five games this year. They're not good, but they have a good culture. They've been in every game. I think somehow the lions win this football game. They beat them last year there and that, was, and that team stumped too. So what do you think?
0: You know, it's, it's hard because as we're recording this, We still don't know who's going to start at quarterback for the Bears. It sounds like Dalton still has his knee injury. Fields is dealing with a hand issue that was a negative on the x-rays, and he said he's fine, but Matt Nagy says they're going to be cautious with him. So it's possible Nick Foles could start at quarterback this week, just purely for health concerns about not wanting Fields to re-injure that hand or make that hand worse if it needs just a little bit of extra time. And so then... I don't know if Nick Foles starting over fields makes me feel better or worse about how this offense is going to play, to be (laughs) honest with you. And that's the problem. So I I certainly don't have a lot of confidence in the Bears heading into this one. It's hard for me to see an 0-3 Lions team and say, yeah, definitely Chicago's going to lose. But, you know, I... I'm I'm really I really am torn on this one. I, I find myself leaning bears just slightly, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those like hard fought, ugly, low-scoring, you know, sixteen to seventeen, seventeen to twenty type final scores that just neither team is gonna look like they really fully belong in the NFL and somebody's gonna have to win and it's gonna be a turnover at some point or maybe a, a last second field goal by one of the teams driving down and I think I owe it to my podcast listeners to say, I think the bears are going to win, but I'm not, I'm not feeling super confident in it.
1: Yeah. I, I rarely pick the lions ever. Uh, at least over the last few years, man. I mean, when I first started the show sixteen seventeen, you know, at Caldwell, I was like, Hey, I like this team and I like, but you know, I have some very weird feeling about this Sunday. I, I do. I think that uh, I think Detroit goes in there. I think Swift has a big day and, uh, you know, the Bears quarterback situation is a mess. So I think the Lions uh, I think the Lions have a good chance. I do.
0: I, I, can, see what happens. I can see it either way, for sure. I mean, Bears have been oh, missing yeah. tackles. They they obviously gave up big running against the Cleveland Browns. They're good running backs. And if you can kind of stick with that, it, it all it takes is, you know, one big mistake by someone in this Bears secondary that we've seen pretty consistently at least once a week. There's an opportunity there for a busted coverage or something, and Hawkinson over the middle. I mean, it, it's, it's only going to be, you know, that one big touchdown can be the difference in a game like this. All right, Lauren, we'll see. Thanks so much, Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears.
1: Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. This is the Thursday crossover right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.